You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. This is Jolene Smith, and you're listening to Profiles in CRM. Welcome to Profiles in CRM, episode 53. I'm your host, Chris Webster. Profiles in CRM ask CRM professionals nine simple questions. The answers vary wildly depending on their experience and education. Because of the nature of contract archaeology and how small this field really is, some people choose not to reveal their name or the company they work for. Stay to the end of the show to hear how you can have a chance to answer these same questions. All right, we're here on Profiles, and here is the first question. What is your name, and who do you work for? Uh, My name is Jolene Smith, and I work for the Virginia Department of Historic Resources, which is the State Historic Preservation Office in Virginia. Okay, and what's the highest degree you've earned? I have a Master of Applied Anthropology from the University of Maryland in College Park. And how long have you been working in CRM? Uh, My first field tech job that was paid was in 2003, so 13 years. Nice, nice. Uh, And where have you worked besides Virginia? Um, I've pretty much been in Virginia except for graduate school in Baltimore and in Maryland and work in Baltimore there. I've worked for a couple of different Virginia CRM firms and then right out of undergrad where I went in Richmond here at Virginia Commonwealth University. My mentor there set me up with a really cool position at DHR where I work now, Um, but that was before I went to school and So I got to co-teach a hands-on artifact practicum course there and also did a lot of collections management work. So that's kind of how I got my foot in the door. And then I went to Maryland and did some, uh, my degree centered around uh, the Hamden Community Archaeology Project in Baltimore. So sort of an urban archaeology project. And then I ended up back here in Virginia doing more field tech work and then my current job. Okay. So the next question might be weird to weird to ask because I usually ask this of people that have like basically shovel bun for their whole lives. But um, uh, it's what is what is the position you usually have in CRM? And what is the highest position you've attained? So I guess perhaps for you would be what do you do? Um, what do you do in Virginia for Shippo? Well, I currently manage the site inventory for Virginia and all the accompanying data. Mm-hmm. And so I've been in this position since two thousand and eight. But I I was looking at this question earlier and thinking about it and thinking about how incredibly different my job is now from when I started. So whereas my title is the same, it's a different world. I started out mostly doing like quality control on site forms and digitizing shapefiles and GIS and a little bit of work in the archives. But now I'm really deep into leveraging the research power of the data set and to making Virginia's archaeology data accessible to the public. And I also do some Section 106 review, and sometimes they let me outdoors. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Some of those glorious days when you're not in front of a computer screen. (laughs) It's perfect, because I only go on the nice days, and when it's 103 (laughs) degrees, I enjoy the air conditioning. Right. And as everybody that works around data and computers knows, you have to keep those areas cool, right? I mean, you have to crank up the AC (laughs) to that room, because otherwise, you'll damage the computers. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Nice. Nice. All right, so what is the best thing that's happened to you that's related to being an archaeologist? And this can be personal or professional. Well, I would say that my career has really pivoted in a wonderful way over the past couple of years. Um, In between becoming active on Twitter and developing that network there and also getting some great opportunities to collaborate and learn from people outside of my pretty insular mid-Atlantic sphere, it's been a real game changer. 
I'm totally immersed lately in learning new technologies to make our information open and available to researchers, to the general public. Um, so I guess that's probably the best thing, just the sort of career shift that's happened recently. Mm -hmm. But then the other practical great thing that happened to me was getting a job in 2008. So I, I graduated in 2008 for my master's degree. Um, I landed my state job at the end of July and the banks were failing by September. <laughs> so yeah, the ink was barely dry. I don't know where I would be if that hadn't happened to me then. I saw so many people suffering for that through that period. Yeah, absolutely. What a good time to get a state job. Yeah. So yeah. I'm thankful for that all the time. Okay. All right. So what is the biggest thing that you would change that would make being a CRM archaeologist better? So I, I guess I'm often frustrated at how sort of compartmentalized and fragmented private sector CRM seems to be from my own experience as a tech and from my experience of kind of reading the project products of the archaeology. I feel like if field techs, crew chiefs, all the way up to project managers and PIs aren't asking questions as, as basic as like, what am I hoping to get out of this testing methodology? Why am I excavating this way? Like, what's the bigger picture? We lose information. And I feel like that's a destructive act, if that makes any sense. Yeah, totally. Like, I remember, yeah, I remember being a tech and being really frustrated by not understanding why we were testing in a location or why another location was low probability. And that was always really frustrating to me. And I think that the firms that produce some of the best work are the ones that sort of cross train their staff and give everybody a little bit of intellectual ownership. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go figure cross training and, and having people just be better, uh, better scientists, you know, is, is always a good yeah. thing, right? Right. Yeah, every other industry I've ever worked in does that. I was in the Navy, I was in the avionics industry, you know, things like that. And everybody, I mean, it's just, it's a thing. And then you get into archaeology and it's like, nope, you're taking photos today. Oh, and for the rest of your life. And we're not going to teach you anything right. else. Yeah. And you don't know why you're taking that photo or how it fits right. into the bigger picture. Yeah, and just, that really does impact the information at the end of the line. Right. And when you consider that, you know, that you've just destroyed the site by excavating it you know it's there are big ramifications here mm -hmm. yeah and some of that some of that i feel not to go off too much on this question but some of that i feel is was initially started by financial and time constraints so people became kind of dicks and they're like listen i don't have time to teach you something else you know this so you're going to do it we've got a limited amount of time and that's just that's just evolved into a system where we still have little time and little money but it's evolved into a system where that's just kind of like the accepted norm, you know, that's, this is what people do and this is how they do it. And, and that all, that all needs to change. But I feel like we're at the tipping point with, um, with digital data and digital collection of data and things like that, where we could be seeing some time saving measures that could hopefully, you know, the real dicks in archeology span will, <laughs> will continue to just, you know, bring people dry of whatever they can get out of them. But the people who see that, Hey, I've got a extra time. Maybe we can use that to actually, you know, make everything better here and, and cross train and do some other things. So I don't know. I absolutely agree. Yeah. And I feel like that attitude also prevents upward mobility by maybe early techs or even techs that have been there for a while because, you yeah. know, it's hard to get a diverse set of experience if you're, you know, digging shovel tests with no real understanding. 
Right. Exactly. Shared opinions. <laughs> okay. All right. Next question. What is your career goal in CRM? Virginia State uh, State Chippo? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I have, you know, I, I have generally sort of gone with the flow. Uh-huh. My career path has been pretty uncommon. I mean, most of us, most of our career paths are uncommon, but there aren't very many of my analogous positions across the country. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I doubt that my uncommon flow is going to change anything soon. But I, I, all I know is that to stay alive, I need to be challenged. And right. I really like to sort of follow projects and ideas and see where they're going to go. And I want to continue pursuing collaborations with people sort of outside of my direct sphere of influence and mm-hmm. i don't know so I'll see where it takes me yeah i got a question for you if uh that's off of this but related if job security and benefits weren't an issue <laughs> would you ever consider getting out of government service and back into private sector archaeology whether it was to do your own thing or to you know to work for somebody else is, is that is that on your radar at all if the circumstances were right um i don't know how well i would do in private sector crm mm-hmm but I think I could definitely thrive in a nonprofit environment. Yeah. So I think that probably would be a better fit for me personally. But, okay. you know, it's there. Who knows what the variables would be in any of those hypothetical situations? <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay. Final question. If you could give an undergrad thinking about CRM one piece of advice, what would it be? I would say never stop asking questions both in the intellectual way and also in the radical way. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, there's always more, more to learn. And so get comfortable with being a beginner and not too shy about not knowing things. And then don't be afraid to question authority. If you see something that could or should be done a little bit differently, shake it up a little bit. But, you know, there's an art to that. So don't get yourself fired or make a lot of en- enemies along the way. So it's a skill worth cultivating. Show notes for this and all episodes can be found on the Archaeology Podcast Network website at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com forward slash profiles. At that page, you'll also find a form that you can fill out so you can be interviewed on the show. Interviews take less than 30 minutes and you don't need any special equipment. Thanks for listening and I'll see you in the field. This show is produced by Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle and was edited by Chris Webster. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.